Hello, and welcome to our first full episode of FPS Voice. My name is Anne-Marie Tracy, and I will be your host for FPS Voice. One of the Franklin Public Schools' goals for this year and beyond is to improve our two-way communication, and this podcast does just that. We welcome your questions and topics that you would like to see covered in future episodes and feedback from our families and the community. You can reach out to us and email us at fpsvoice at franklinps.net. We will start our episode today by answering a few of the submitted questions that we felt would be great for a larger audience to hear and benefit from knowing the answers. So the first question that was submitted to our FPS Voice email was, when will next year's school calendar for 2020-2021 be released? So this is how the process works. In January, Dr. Ahern will submit a proposed calendar to the school committee. The school committee will review it and then will adopt the first version, usually in January or February of that year, of 2020. Uh, For example, last year's calendar was adopted on January 22nd. It is sometimes revised in the spring and summer, maybe a little bit for conferences, but generally speaking, the calendar should be pretty well set by the January and February time frame. So hopefully that is helpful to all the families out there trying to make plans. Usually uh, by February, you should have the set calendar for the next year. So the second question was about kindergarten registration. It said, uh, when will kindergarten registration open and what do I need to know or bring? So Franklin Public Schools actually sends out a packet of documents to families who have children who are age eligible to go to kindergarten. We get those contacts from the town census. So if a family wasn't part of the census or had moved to town um, in a time frame that they weren't able to be part of it, they won't receive that packet automatically by mail. Uh, But the packets can also be downloaded off of our website or picked up at the school administration offices. The registration does not begin until February 11th. There cannot be any registrations before that. And there are two events. One will be held on February 11th from 9 to 1. And the other will be held on February 12th from 1 to 6. And both of those are at the municipal building on the third floor. There is also a Leaping into Kindergarten event, which is scheduled for March 17th from 7 to 8 p.m. at the Horace Mann Auditorium. And all of these events will be advertised in the future on our website, through our e-subscriptions, on our social media channels, and through individual schools. So you won't, this is not the only time you'll hear about them. As the dates approach, you'll hear much more about the upcoming registration events. Um, But even if you can't make any of those events, uh, you can register your child at school district offices. You just need to bring along a few important documents. You need their official birth certificate. We will make a copy. Uh, You also need immunization records, which we will also make a copy of. And you need a proof of residence. So sometimes this is a little confusing uh, for families as far as what qualifies as a proof of residence. So what we need is either a lease, uh, a real estate tax bill, or a mortgage statement. Uh, Sometimes people will bring electric bills or um, cable bills and and that type of a thing, and we can't use those as a proof of residency. So one of the other items, a lease, 
real estate tax bill or mortgage statement would need to come along. And then, of course, you need your ID. So there'll be more information, like I said before, uh, coming out about kindergarten registration. But hopefully that helps in the short term for some dates that you can put on your calendar. The last question that we received was related to the high school. It reads, uh, we went to Panther Pride Night at Franklin High. How and when will my child sign up for high school sports? And how will we get notified about fall sports tryouts in the summer? We are trying to plan. (laughs) So uh, I think a lot of families fall in this category. People are already making plans for next year. So uh, I reached out to Tom Angelo in the athletics department at the high school, and he shared that they will be hosting an information night in June for all of the incoming freshman students and their parents at the high school. And at this event, Tom will give an overview of the athletic department as far as all the different sports that are offered and also how to go about registering for sports. They will be dropping flyers at all of the middle schools in the spring that will detail information on the fall sports signups. And parents are also encouraged to check out the athletic department's website on the Franklin High School site and to follow on Twitter. A lot of the posts are are put up there for sports. Um, But it is safe to say, for those of you who are trying to make some plans, it is safe to say that all fall sports tryouts or practices will begin by the third week of August, uh, with the exception of football, which often starts even a little bit earlier than that. So if you are trying to make plans and your child is planning to play a fall sport, those last few weeks in August are typically when tryouts and practices will begin. As far as the other activities for Panther Pride Night, for parents who went, it's not just sports. There were lots of different clubs and organizations there as well. So I thought it would be important to share that the clubs at Franklin High School are often joined once school begins. They will host a club fair in the fall where students can get information about joining. So you can certainly follow any of those clubs on Twitter or look up information on the website. But Signing up for them um, or applying for them does not need to happen until school would begin in the fall. So uh, that wraps up our Q&A. Please continue to submit your questions or topics you would like to learn more about to fpsvoice at franklinps.net. Just so you know, you will not have to wait for your answer uh, to be given on the podcast. You will get an emailed answer first. But We may choose to feature your question on our episodes, especially if we feel that it could benefit a larger group uh, or members of our school community who might really enjoy getting that answer, too. So uh, that's where we're at. Again, it's fpsvoice at franklinps.net. A few weeks ago, the School Committee Public Relations Subcommittee held a presentation on social media. It was very well attended by families and students, which was so great to see. And the strong interest in the subject matter confirmed our thoughts and the school committee's thoughts that it's a topic that families are very interested in and they want to learn more about and try to keep on top of. Because not everyone was able to make it to this event, we thought it would be great to have it as a first topic on our podcast. We're hopeful that we'll reach more families and the community at large so others can benefit from the information that was shared by our panelists. I am joined by Dr. Sarah Ahern, Superintendent of Schools, and Mr. Paul Perry, Franklin High School Principal, both of whom presented at this event and are here to share their insights. 
but also to recap some of the main points that were made by the other presenters. Hi, Sarah and Paul. Hello, hello. Hi there. <laughs> so uh, to start off, the four presenters, obviously one was Paul, um, who was there for the high school. And then we also had Amy Leone, who is a licensed mental health counselor, as well as Officer Dave Gove, our school research resource officer, and Bob Ferullo, who is a retired police chief, but was there representing the Massachusetts Partnership for Youth. So that was our panel, um, as well as Sarah, who started off with some statistics from Franklin High. So what was the main statistic that you felt was the most interesting out of everything you gathered? Sure. Thank you. Uh, I think the statistics are really helpful in understanding um, the ways in which students are using devices and the ways in which they're engaging in social media. And the data that I presented that night came from the Metro West Youth Risk Behavior Survey, which is a big survey that we give every other year. And students in grades 7 through grades 12 give us information on all sorts of things, including their use of social media and their use of devices. The presentation that I made that night looked at a number of things, but I think one of the statistics that really stands out to me is the amount of time students are spending on devices. And we have over 50% of our students in grades 8 through 12 saying that they're spending three or more hours on screen time, not for schoolwork, on a typical school day. And much of that time is being spent on social media sites, uh, especially as students get older uh, from grades 8 through grade 12. Um, I would also share that although not surveyed, we're seeing students younger and younger having social media accounts, uh, perhaps as young as fourth grade. And so we think it's really important to have a conversation and uh, with our community and with families uh, so that we can all help children navigate this really complex social media world um, and give them the skills and tools to do so. Absolutely. It's uh, interesting how early students are getting these devices uh, age-wise. So there's certainly a connection. So Amy Leone was the licensed mental health counselor who presented. Uh, what suggestions did she give uh, to children and parents about social media use? She pointed parents to some warning signs uh, to be on the lookout for to really help identify if their children are struggling with social media use. Uh, she talked about uh, children uh, perhaps being secretive and having apps on their phones that might hide information from their parents and families. Uh, she talked about the impact that social media is having on um, children's moods, um, increased incidence of depression and anxiety as a result of some of the impact that they're experiencing through social media, uh, as well as loss of sleep. Um, and so she, she really pointed to some warning signs that families could be on the lookout for. Um, she also, in terms of suggestions, uh, reminded parents and guardians that, that as adults, uh, we serve as role models um, for how to appropriately and uh, healthfully engage in social media. So that were, those were some of her, her key points. I'm sure I mean, we as parents have our own devices and our own social media accounts. Uh, every adult, uh, well, not every adult, but many adults do. So modeling that is huge for kids to see what we're doing. And how about tips? Did she mention any tips about how to talk to your kids uh, about this? 
she um, she encouraged parents to talk to children um, and find out more about their experiences with social media. Um, one of the uh, one of the places that we know can be really helpful to talk to kids is in the car. Um, <laughs> they're trapped with they're you. They're trapped with you. <laughs> they can't uh, get away. Captive audience. Uh, but also there's not a lot going on. Um, and when you're sitting side by side, it's a little less confrontational than perhaps sitting across the table. Um, and so, you know, I think that uh, families can have some really engaging and important conversations, actually, um, when they're traveling in the car from place to place. I completely agree with that. Paul. Hi. <laughs> so I know you also shared about the cell phone policy at the high school. So how has that been going so far? One one semester in. Yeah. So you know, this year at Franklin High School, uh, in response to you know, classroom experiences, student experiences, teacher experiences, uh, also a lot of news going on, even worldwide. Uh, we wanted to look at uh, what we could do with cell phones. We've we've seen the increase in not only their usage but also the impact. And so in, in looking at it, we really wanted to find just the right balance. There are some schools that have no policies or practices. There are other schools, states, even countries that are doing entire bans. And we, we didn't want to be in that place. So uh, we've worked with and created a bit of a limited use policy. Uh, and so students come into classrooms and they, the expectation is that they put their phones in a safe spot which we've uh, purchased for each room and uh, they're each labeled and students check their phones and they don't use them from the beginning of class to the end of class unless the teacher would like them to or as part of the lesson uh, that they need that technology uh, but then they are permitted to use them in passing in the hallways during lunches and during their direct studies okay. so it's not an all all-out ban is this limited use piece and uh, the feedback has been pretty fascinating from parents students and faculty uh, in that there's this real level of support and appreciation uh, and a level of success that even students who have reluctantly shared with <laughs> admitted us to. and admitted to, uh, that they're able to pay better attention. They know that if their friend who's in English class isn't on their phone and they're in math class, they're not missing anything and that they can really focus on the class uh, and, and the learning. And so that's really been a, very, a, a real positive in our building. I know one of the things that came up frequently was the fear of missing out. Yes. So the fact that that was even happening during the school day and has been removed uh, is, a, is a great thing. How about anything negative or positive that you're seeing happen in the high school? Are there any? Obviously, there's positives that come out of social media use as well. Have you heard any of the kids or faculty or staff talking about any positive feedback? Yeah, I mean, as far as positives go, the use? yeah, absolutely. I mean, with the positive, it really provides opportunity uh, for students and connection. And, you know, you think about what's ha happening with knowledge and information in, in our world today, you know, it's really doubling. There's this research that we've worked with uh, at the district level that's, you know, information in our world is doubling every 12 hours. And so students... Staggering fact. It, it is absolutely <laughs> staggering. And the students are really on top of that kind of a thing. Um, so the positives, they are connection. Creativity was another thing that students came up with quite often, sort of talking about uh, the opportunities they have to really express themselves and do different things. Uh, we also talk about connecting to the work that we're doing with Portrait of a Graduate that this is sort of uh, technology and capital that they'll need for whatever profession that they head into, that this will be a part of what they're working on and what they're doing, and so that they need to have that working knowledge of technology at this time. So we're again, we're trying to balance that in a healthy way at this point. Well, it's certainly not going away, so it's a matter of using it appropriately and, like you said, in a healthy way. 
So, Sarah, uh, one of the other panelists that sh was at the event was Bob Ferullo. Uh, would you like to share a little bit about what he had to offer? Sure. Um, so Bob Ferullo is a retired police chief, um, but he was representing the Massachusetts Partnership for Youth. Massachusetts Partnership for Youth is a really wonderful organization that we are a member of. Um, we've used some grant money in order to provide a membership to MPY, and they provide all sorts of educational opportunities for students, for families, as well as for teachers on many matters related to the health and overall well-being of children. And social media is one uh, is one aspect of that. So we were really pleased that they could join us. And Bob came um, kind of representing and being able to share and normalize what we see among social media use for Franklin children with what he has seen in other communities. Um, this is really something that extends, as you might imagine, uh, across the state. Uh, for sure, as well as beyond. Um, Bob talked a lot about the danger of um, social media in terms of just exposing and um, broadening the world and exposing kids to people that they may not know and uh, the danger in, in that. And so he cautioned around, um, as, a, as a parent, uh, making sure that you're following your children um, on their social media accounts as well as emphasizing the point of auditing those accounts and making sure that you know what's being posted and, and who the children are interacting with. He also cautioned around uh, the potential for fake or alternative accounts. Um, on Instagram, they're Finstas. often <laughs> referred to as finstas, <laughs> yes. um, but that children um, may be using alternative accounts, and so you would also want to be uh, aware of those as well. In addition to that, uh, there would be a suggestion to monitor privacy settings on children's accounts in order to, to keep them safe. So we were talking a little bit about how one of the reasons children might want to change their privacy setting, even knowing that it's a safety thing, uh, is because sometimes kids get very caught up in the number of likes that they're getting on things, whether it's on Instagram or wherever they are finding themselves. So sometimes they will kind of run the risk of exposing themselves to strangers and all sorts of other people simply for the, the reason of upping their likes. Uh, so I think as a parent, it might be one way to almost check if your child has you know, a crazy number of, of people interacting with them. Uh, it might be interesting to see what their settings are. So the last uh, panelist, we haven't really covered their talking uh, talking points yet, was Officer Gove from the Franklin Police Department, who is also a resource officer for us. Um, Paul, could you cover uh, a little bit about his the, the main takeaways from what he shared? Yeah, I thought his, his talk was really fascinating in that he is a parent himself, uh, has, I believe, a couple daughters. And one of his messages is that nothing disappears. That even when students uh, believe that they have done something or taken a picture of something or received something and they've deleted it or they've put, in it, some, put it somewhere else that we you know, don't see immediately, mm -hmm. uh, his, his message was very much that it does not disappear. It is part of your digital footprint and it exists forever. It's uh, one of those things that even if it's there for two seconds, it just takes one other person to have seen it or screenshotted it or even uh, taking a picture with another device to to capture it. Um, and this will follow, trying to get the kids to understand that it will follow them forever. And we talk about that at the school quite a bit with our freshmen through seniors of 
colleges, uh, universities, workplaces, the military, wherever, whatever path you're going on, they are checking your digital footprint. They are Absolutely. looking at what you've put out there and uh, how you exist online. And, and so we also share with them stories of local athletes or, or you know, uh, applicants or recruits that have had scholarships or offers taken away because of things that they've put out there. So we're really always trying to educate and do that kind of a thing. Just get it in there. So they make sure they're always thinking about it before they post anything right. or share anything, which is hard to which, get, you know, but... It um, is hard because, I mean, it, it's so easy uh, to believe that you're anonymous. Being removed from the situation and not seeing the impact of your words or your images on some other party, it's very easy to sort of hide behind that screen. Uh, and so trying to put out there that, People are watching. There is an impact, and there's quite a bit going on there. So have you seen, uh, well, you would know about the high school level, have you seen an impact on relationship skills? Astronomically. Uh, it's actually been, in, you know, I've been in Franklin 22 years, and it's probably been the thing that's changed the most. Uh, I've seen over my time here the last couple of decades what used to play out socially in a school building, uh, in the classrooms or in the hallways or at the lunchroom or in social situations, is now taking place online. And when they're online, they're almost not a true representation of themselves. Uh, what we see in the schools uh, is when we've gotten a printout of sort of an exchange or we're brought into the story, the language, the negativity, the hate, the name-calling, is really shocking. And yeah. it's, it's actually things that they would never say to each other in person. They would never say it to each other one-to-one. -one. Uh, they won't even repeat it to us in person when we're talking with them. But their words are right there. And, yeah. and it's sort of been this um, element of their relationships that really has a negative impact on one another. It's fascinating. Um... Any last, uh, any last takeaways or key points that uh, we want to make sure we share before we wrap it up? I want to share um, two things. One is where parents can get more information about uh, navigating through social media as well as other media as well. Um, one of the things that I don't think we hit upon yet is this idea of hidden apps um, where students can, it looks like a calculator, but actually if you were to open it up, you'd see pictures or something behind it. And that's one way that they're getting around uh, being fully transparent with their families about what they're doing online. Um, and I wouldn't have known about this idea of hidden apps if it weren't for Common Sense Media which is a website that is very valuable um, in helping parents navigate uh, our media-rich world. And um, so I would just Google Common Sense Media. We do have um, some tip sheets. Uh, if anybody's interested, um, we can uh, post them to our website and post these tip sheets, which kind of synthesize some of the main points around how families can navigate this with their children. And then um, the Social Media Night is part of an overall parent education series that we are holding this year. And the social media event was um, recorded by one of our um, Franklin High School students. And so when that video is uh, fully edited and prepared, we will be able to make that available um, if anybody wants to hear the full length presentation, great. which was about 90 minutes. And we'll make that available if anybody is interested. That's great. And then there are uh, other parent education series pieces coming up as well. There are. We are also planning an event uh, around vaping 
which has um, three components to it. There will actually be an education component for students, one for faculty and staff, and an evening event for parents and guardians uh, around the dangers and ways to prevent um, vaping. That is um, coming to us by the Massachusetts Partnership for Youth. Um, So again, I want to make sure to acknowledge them and as a resource, a valuable resource to schools and communities like ours. And we are also planning a parent education event related to homework this spring. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you both so much for joining us today and for sharing all the information and insights from the Social Media Night. And we hope you'll come again soon. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast, FPS Voice. It's available on many platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and we will continue to add more as the platforms become available. You can also follow us on Twitter at Franklin PS News. You can find us on Facebook at Franklin Public School District MA. And of course, you can always find us on our website, franklinps.net. If you click connect with us, it will link you to uh, the availability to subscribe to emails, uh, school links, obtain forms, contact information, pretty much everything you could imagine needing, you should be able to find on our website. Uh, Thank you again for joining us. I'm Anne-Marie Tracy for FPS Voice. Till next time.